Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in house in the Central Division. That's right. I'm a meatball. You got to bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. White Sox fans, welcome in. It's Sunday Funday with Sox on Tap. We've got a three-way show today. I'm Johnny Nani here alongside Tony on Tap and NWI Steve. Boys, Sox take two or three from the A's. Feel pretty good. Victory beers flowing on a Sunday Funday. Victory beers are flowing, Johnny. We will uh, we will crack them. Cheers, boys. It's a victorious weekend. It's good to be back here talking White Sox with you guys. Hey, yo, boys. It was a lot of fun. I was at the ballpark today. Good, lively environment. Um, you may or may not have seen me in the mix with the hysteria after the Eloy Jimenez home run. If you go back and check the footage, you may or may not see a certain member of the Sox on Tap crew in there. Confirmed. I saw it. I seen it. So, yeah, you were there. You were there in attendance. Uh, we were all there together Friday night. That was a great time despite the outcome. Um, we're going to get into all of this weekend series stuff. A little trade deadline uh, talk. Luis Robert, uh, the curious case surrounding his injury status. And we'll head to the Royal Series in this edition of Sunday Funday with Socks on Tap. Make sure you're subscribed to On Tap Sports on YouTube so you can jump in the comments here. Um, we can feature them during this show. So, guys, um, this weekend did not start how we wanted it to, but they picked it up and they figured it out Saturday night. Took a little bit of luck. However, need breaks in baseball. They were able to get that, and then it propelled into a Sunday win uh, to take the series here. So, overall, decent weekend. I'll say so, guys. I mean, yeah, Friday was an absolute shit show, and we wanted them to clean it up, go win a series. That's exactly what they did. Obviously, this is supposed to be the bum slang tour. We've talked about that. Sweeps are cool and tough. We know sweeps are cool and tough. They weren't able to get a sweep, but for all intents and purposes – Winning these series is going to lead to a winning record at the end of the bum slate tour. I'm happy with what we saw. Getting two out of three, it's, you know, that's what I think most of us anticipated happening here this weekend. This first week in this first kind of stretch of this 19 game um, bum sling tour here, you go three and two. So, not where you want it to be, but you'll take it. You're back over 500 now, and let's just find a way to keep building some positive momentum here. Yeah. Um, you know, I would say uh, I think Saturday night, big turning point here in this one. Um, I know we can dive into some of the issues that took place Friday night, but Saturday night, Tony, your baby boy, Gavin Sheets, showing off the power. Absolute no doubter out to right field. Uh, how good do you feel about that one? Feels great. I mean, I don't mean to call anybody out here, but there was so much Gavin Sheets slander on my timeline when I open up my phone. And, you know, we've been working hard in the backyard. We've been putting balls on tees. I've been chasing the wiffle balls down. We've been doing all the drills. I mean, you got to say there's there's so much work that's going in here and to see it pay off. I mean, it just makes me so proud to see when this pays off because, Man, the doubters, the haters, everybody's going to be telling you that uh, this guy doesn't belong on this team. And and we work hard out there. I got to say, we, Gavin and I, we work hard out there. And, you know, he proved some guys wrong. Big fly. And then you go get the double in the ninth inning, uh, going the opposite way. I mean, we've been working on that. We know how we feel about the shift here in this household. And, uh, you know, things have worked out good. So uh, I just got to say, I mean, it, it felt good. Um, you know, afterwards we went out for ice cream and, uh, we talked about, uh, how good that feels winning ball games and, uh, Gavin was happy and I, I was happy and, and things are good. We're going to just watch that continue throughout the year. I mean, he's definitely saved the season. It's nice to see you have that kind of fatherly pep in your step once again. Um, it had uh, it had been a tough, you know, seven to ten day stretch or so. Um, obviously, you could kind of see it wearing on you a little bit. So, 
you know, obviously me not, uh, not being a, a father, you know, in, in any capacity here, um, you could just, you were beaming with joy to see him yes. get back on track here yesterday. And, um, you know, that was definitely a, a, a big moment for this team here. Obviously, if you lose these first two games to this Oakland team here, um, that's the type of thing that could really spiral quickly. I think, especially, given how poor the performance was on Friday night, knowing that there's going to be a Tim Anderson suspension also that's going to result from it here. So that's the type of thing that can put a lot of bad juju as our boy Boz would like to say around this team here. And uh, they were able to turn that tide and it was very needed. Yeah. Big moment. I think it is the key phrase there, Steve, that you used, uh, you know, you talk about moments through throughout a season and sure you wouldn't think that a, a end of July series against the athletics can be one of those, but it, it can be any given day. And I'll tell you what, uh, my reaction, um, it was kind of, I was watching the game with some buddies, uh, some good friends, so big white Sox fans as well. And uh, we, we were just like kind of lifeless until then. Uh, like, you know, we, we wanted to get excited about something, but there wasn't a whole lot outside of Johnny Cueto really. Um, and then as soon as he did that, we all jumped up, had some pep in our step, took a shot of screwball, and it, it was fantastic. So, uh, Tony, I, I thank you for uh, g- getting things worked out with your baby boy. Hey, you know, and I got to say, you had a uh, moment earlier this year where you talked about changing the shirt. I, I have to give some credit where credit is due. We watched the first couple of innings inside uh, on the main TV in the household, and Uh, The wife and I decided yesterday that the momentum just wasn't there. We moved it out to the garage just in time to watch Gavin Sheets go yard because sometimes, you know, you have to make in-game adjustments. Adjustments were made, and the boys were able to close it down. So uh, I encourage everybody, if you're watching a ball game and they're just not doing it, maybe you just got to move your ass. Get to a different TV, get to a different viewing area, set some things up the right way. It's only crazy if it doesn't work. Right. I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. No, me too. You took the words right out of my mouth, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, hey, whatever works. And it's only crazy if it doesn't work, as Tony just outlined there. Um, all right, a couple other highlights from this weekend. Uh, you get the wild pitch offense there uh, to save the day. I know that's kind of like a running joke meme uh, within White Sox Twitter. But, hey, sometimes, uh, you know, you get a break and you got to take advantage of it. White Sox were able to do so uh, because they were set up with that Gavin Sheets uh, double to lead off the ninth and Adam Angle pinch running there. Um, other than that, uh, how about today, Sunday, Dylan Cease uh, doing Cy Young shit out there. Steve, you want to take this one? I'll, I'll toss this over to you. There's, there's just so many things to say about Dylan C. Steve, you want the, you want the floor? I'll let you go first. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would love the floor, Anthony. Thank you. Uh, Dylan C. is just going out there, continuing to do what we have seen from him all season at this point. Obviously, he gave up the home run to Ramon Laureano in the second inning, but after that, he was just nails going out there, pounding the strike zone, uh, getting after guys racking up the strikeouts again today, and there wasn't really a whole lot of hard contact on him. Obviously, this Oakland offense is a little bit anemic, to say the least here, but that's what you got to do when you have an opponent like that. Go right after him, challenge him, and we saw that from him today. Put this team in a position to go out there and win a baseball game, and that's really all you can ask from the guy that is your ace at the top of the rotation, and we are at the point Dylan Cease is the ace of this team. You know, I was looking at some graphics yesterday on the post game, and it, it was wild to me to see that Johnny Cueto has more quality starts than Dylan Cease this year. Uh, just the historic stuff that he's done over the course of this season, stuff that you didn't see out of Chris Sale, you didn't see out of any White Sox pitcher on that 05 roster. Dylan Cease has been just absolutely phenomenal. And Steve, you called him the ace of this staff. I absolutely think he is. Uh, but you've got now – a formidable one and two with Johnny Cueto and Dylan Cease. Johnny, we say it all the time. You're only as good as your last envelope. Well, Johnny Cueto went out there, delivered yesterday. Dylan Cease follows that up. Uh, That's how you're going to win series is back-to-back games where your starting pitcher is able to just go out there and shove, keep your team in ball games and let the offense get just enough to win you a ball game. I wouldn't say that, you know, the offense was, entirely friendly to either of these two starting pitchers over the past two days. But when we look at Dylan Cease's start today, this is a guy that's carried uh, a sub one ERA through the entire month of July. Did it this in June guy, too. And June as well. This is a guy that is consistently out there 
throwing up six plus strikeouts every single every single time he goes out there. And today only one walk. I think that's so important. The walks have killed this team. They've killed this team so many times this year. Cease kept himself out of trouble, was able to command the zone the way that both of you guys talk about so often on this show. Able to command the zone, first pitch strikes, keep his pitch count where it should be. I mean, I would look, I would look for a little bit more length out of him. But again, this was a great start for Dylan Cease. Great yeah, start. Yeah, absolutely. We'll turn it down. Six innings, uh, four hits, one earned run, one walk, seven Ks in the lone home run for uh, that A's tally. Um, pretty damn solid day. Uh, I'm impressed with what I saw. Uh, not too much to add other than what you guys said. Command is key. Location, location, location. Hammer that home every single time. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, what, what what else is here on the agenda? Um, we're talking about this whole weekend, um, not with the White Sox, but Luis Robert. Injury status, we got some question marks here. He started a rehab assignment Thursday night. He did play in that game. He got a hit in that game. And then Friday, they said he's dealing with cold symptoms. Okay, that happens. But now we hear today that he's in the White Sox clubhouse. And usually you would take that as a sign that, oh, he's close to returning, right? Well, with this and the evaluations that he's having to go uh, under for the lightheadedness, blurred vision, uh, those symptoms, Assuming he came back to Chicago to get that looked at, and he only did one game in a rehab assignment. So I would not put this too positively, uh, this development that he's back in Chicago. I don't know about you guys, though. That's just my take. It's not necessarily an encouraging prognosis, to say the least. Um, obviously, we need to kind of wait and hear ultimately from Rickon tomorrow uh, before the series kicks off against the Royals. So... I think collectively as a fan base, we're all kind of on bated breath right now because we all understand how important Luis Robert is to this team um, and to their chances of ultimately overcoming this deficit and winning this division and getting back to the postseason once again. If they are unable to have him for any length of time, it is going to make things significantly more difficult for them, even if they are in the midst of a quote-unquote easier patch of the schedule. Um, this is a guy that, has all the tools as we have seen for you know the time that he has had a white Sox uniform on and just his presence both offensively and defensively does so much for this team here so um the sooner we can get some news and hopefully positive news the better i think we'll all feel yeah i mean i want to I, I do want to dive back into a couple home runs that were hit today johnny but uh before we before we go to that Let's let's address some some Luis Roberts stuff. Uh, not good. That's my initial reaction to this entire Luis Roberts situation. Not good. Not good at all. The fact that he only played in one game there and is back up with the Chicago White Sox in the clubhouse, you know that they are looking at extra things. I'm not sure who said it. I'm not. I'm not sure if it was Rick Hahn or Tony La Russa was asked a question about what exactly is going on with Luis Robert. And he kind of deferred it to, well, we'll let Luis kind of tell you if that's something that he so chooses to do. I, we went around the horn here just a few days ago, talking about what this could potentially be. The fact that we haven't gotten any straight answers about this, this isn't, this is a leg injury. It's not, here's an arm injury. It's something to do with his head, obviously. Um, lightheadedness is the only kind of thing that we've gotten. And then some cold symptoms. This seems like it's going to drag itself out for a long time. That's just my gut feeling that it's going to drag out for a long time. I want to give some credit where credit's due. The rest of the outfield and, and offense has kind of picked up. Luis Robert being down, and I know that the schedule is a little bit lighter, but you still have to go out there and win these ball games. I, I think that that's great. However, it's it's very concerning to me that a guy who has the ability, as Steve said, to kind of like just be that offensive force, to be that guy who can win you a couple of ball games just in and of himself is – on the shelf, there's no answers. There's no new information coming on it. He, he, he goes down for a rehab assignment back up in one game after they said that there was going to be up to, an update on him on Monday. 
this one's got me nervous and and not for the same reason that I think that you guys are, are probably nervous about it, but it's got me nervous for Luis Robert himself. I, I don't think that the, I, this is weird to say, I don't think that the White Sox uh, ability to win this division is squarely on Luis Robert playing the rest of this season. I think they've got enough outfield depth to kind of navigate their way through it. We'll see how this affects them at the trade deadline, but it is scary for the long-term health of Luis Robert to be dealing with this type of a situation where there are no answers right now. I'm scared for next year. Yeah, uh, I am too. I'm thinking long-term like you, Tony, and I think back to some Blackhawks days with Corey Crawford dealing with vertigo um, sort of issues, and that can take a while um, to subside and even feel normal, somewhat normal again, and then let alone ramping back up uh, to get into you know uh, game shape. So, I'm concerned. Um, we'll have to see. Wait for the updates. Um, but I will go ahead and trash the old adage that no news is good news because right now, no news is bad news on the least Robert front. So, um, all right. Well, you talked about some guys uh, helping pick up in that absence. Well, one of them today, Eloy Jimenez uh, goes yard. Steve, as you'd said, you had a great view of that landing uh, just behind you out in the outfield seats there. And then uh, Jose Abreu got the party started uh, with a rope out to left field as well today. Steve, the multi-home run strategy, it works fascinating what happens when you hit the ball over that fencing that is set up prior to the game. I have been begging and imploring this White Sox team to utilize the multi-home run strategy, and they finally took my advice. And look what happened. They won another baseball game today here. So, fellas, listen, I know you're listening. Why wouldn't you be listening to this show right now? Use the strategy more often. It's time-tested. It works. Are you You've flying got... in the face of Frank fuck the home run Menachino right now, Steve? Are you putting your hat in the ring to be the White Sox next hitting coach? Because that's what I'm hearing. This is a breaking, breaking story here on Sox on Tap. It's been very well documented that throughout the course of you know different decades that I've been a White Sox observer, I'm a big fan of the home run. I think that should be Steve. When my right? Chicago, when my Chicago White Sox hit too many home runs, I'd love to go back to those times. I think that they should be your your new your new handle, White Sox Observer. I'll take it into consideration. And that, that that might that might fit you very well. I, you know, number one, I want to say Jose Abreu was starting out August. Jose Abreu just a couple days early. We know August Abreu. I think this is a, a good sign for him. Eloy Jimenez, some warning track power over the past couple days. Finally able to put one over that fence, like Steve said, that they set up prior to the game. Um, kudos to Roger Bossard for getting that uh, constructed, erected, and set up. You know, he's he's just a bust out there. Uh, but, guys, home runs, fireworks at home. That's That's what yeah. we live for. It's wild. It's wild that they haven't hit more at home. Um, that, that really is uh, shocking to me. But uh, when you see that today, um, just a couple of comments. Hey, Abreu smoked that. That was awesome. I love seeing a nice pull shot. It feels like, um, and there's nothing wrong. I, I like, you know, any home runs as long as they go over the wall. But the pull shot's cooler than the uh, opposite field one. That's just my opinion. I like the pull shot better. So it was fun to see Abreu hit that. And then Eloy just makes it look easy. It looks like he just flicks his wrists out there and it's gone. Well, I was going to get really angry. Uh, last night when Eloy was doing the warning track shit that we've seen all day. Johnny, I remember being in attendance at a ball game where Eloy put one on the fan deck. I want more of that. I want more of that. I'll take the, you know, oppo into just over the bullpen type stuff every now and then. I want massive home runs. I know this sounds a little greedy, but I want to I see those massive home runs. The only guy that, that has been able to do it this year Luis Robert, and obviously we just talked about him, but I want to see those massive, massive home runs. Steve, I don't know how you feel about massive home runs that go very far. I'm a, I'm a very, very big fan of them. I would very much enjoy for Luis Robert or for Eloy to put one on the fan deck in left field. I've been longing since that was constructed in 2006 for someone to put one up there. Jermaine Dye came close once. Um, former White Sox legend Mike Olt 
came close once. We're going to the way back machine now here from, from the dark days of the rebuild. Diane um, Viciato would be able to put it up there. I mean, you're assuming he makes contact, but, you know, that's, you know, I'm bold strategy. Saying, like, you could um, probably get him back over from Japan. I think he hits one up there. Well, nevertheless, Eloy or, or Luis, if you're so inclined, I really would enjoy seeing you put one up there and, frankly, scaring a small child with a projectile at about 110, 115 miles an hour coming their way. So feel free to do that. It, I it think would be Jim nice. Burger gets it done. I, I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is. That's fine. Just yeah, we could, make it happen. Hit the ball far. Yeah, we could use a few of those from uh, Yasmani Grandal too. That would be nice. I missed the bat drop. I've only seen it twice this year, and uh, that's concerning. We talked about him as an X factor um, on our All Star Break special edition of Sunday Fun Day. So I'm hoping he'll heat up. I'll keep supporting my guy. But um, yes, come on, kick the power in the gear here. Uh, we need it. Uh, we all know there. that Lurie Garcia is going to be the first ever to do it. <laughs> Dude, that one in the. Well, uh, he's going to get chances because we know he's in the lineup every day. That one and in when the, he's in the lineup, the White Sox win. That one in the DS was out to Never dead, say otherwise. dead center uh, last year. So, yeah, you know, he's creeping up there, Tony, uh, to get that. All right. Uh, we, we've talked about a lot of good, but there was uh, some bad this weekend, mostly stemming from Friday night. And that, unfortunately, it was Lance Lynn getting smacked around for multiple home runs. Uh, and then Tim Anderson's situation. So let's talk Lance real quick here first. And uh, it sucks because I was looking for him to build on that nice start that he had uh, a week prior uh, when they had Cleveland at home for the second game of that doubleheader. Uh, well, what's going on with Lance here? You know, obviously the the home run ball, as you alluded to there, Johnny, was a problem. They actually go back, and if you look at the location on the three-run homer to Piscotti, um, I think it was in the second inning on Friday, it was not a bad pitch. That was, you know, a it was like a 92-mile-an-hour sinker right on the black on the inner third of the plate. So not a terrible pitch. So for a guy to kind of pull his hands in and um, really hammer that thing the way he did – that's kind of one of those scenarios where you have to tip your cap a little bit. Um, it begs the question, you know, if Lance had some of the velocity that he had maybe in the early part of the 2021 season, instead of maybe that 92 mile an hour sinker, is it, is it maybe 94? Does Piscotti get the bat around on it quick enough? So it is definitely something to continue to monitor here. He's obviously had significant issues with the home run ball since coming off of the IL here um in the six weeks that he's been back up with the club so just got to go back obviously to the footage with ethan katz get into the cats lab figure out what exactly needs to happen here for lance to be the guy that we saw in that start last saturday against cleveland you know i've been talking about this for a little while uh guys i think we talked about it last sunday fun day with lance lynn the stuff just isn't the same. And sometimes these injuries can catch up with you just a little bit. I think Lance needs to just get through this season and kind of just look at what his pitch selection is. The velocity is, is not there the way it was before. And Steve, you mentioned that, but even if I go back to last year and some of the, the key at bats that I saw Lance Lynn, he's a guy that's guts and nuts. He's going to go after you. Every single time he's going to serve you that fastball or that sinker that's going to be over the plate in, in those situations where sometimes you might want to nibble away and just let somebody go. But he's a gamer. He's the guy that wants to challenge you. And what I think is happening with Lance Lynn right now, and this is just my observations, is he doesn't have the stuff to challenge this league's elite hitters right now at this very moment, whether that's injury, whether that's age whether that's scouting reports on him, I would I would lean towards the first thing that I said. Injuries that have taken away from what Lance Lynn is able to do. Great pitchers, and I know Lance Lynn is, is one of them, eventually figure it out on the other side. Just the same way that hitters figure out pitchers, Lance is going to have to make some adjustments. And right now, sometimes, with, especially with a guy like Lance Lynn, he is not the kind of guy that wants to make that adjustment because that means that he has to concede. I think this is all mental with Lance Lynn right now. He's got to go back and say, well, if I'm not going to be able to beat you with a 92-mile-an-hour fastball, maybe I need to add something to my pitch selection. Maybe my changeup needs to work a little bit differently. Maybe I need to go to the breaking stuff a little bit more, be a little bit more pinpoint. I don't know if Ethan Katz is the one to fix him. There's somebody over the offseason that he can work with that can fix some of this stuff. 
But right now, if you know, if you if you're down three four miles an hour on your velocity on your fastball by the fifth inning, that just spells trouble for this team. Day in, day out, every single time you start, because guys are going to be able to get around on that a little bit more, just like Steve said. So here's the here's the mental game. Here's where you need to make the adjustments, and you need to be a little bit more pinpoint. You need to be a little bit more controlled. You need to give yourself a little bit more length in these starts. I, I think that this is going to be a big challenge for him. Is he the guy that can go do that and tackle that and, and overcome this rough stretch of his career? I think absolutely he can. But there's going to be some adjustments to Lance Lynn's game. He's not a high-velocity guy, but he wants to challenge you. So that's where you see these, these two kind of forces up against each other because he wants to walk off the mound and, and scream into the ether about how he just beat somebody. But he's got to figure out how he can beat people right now because he doesn't have a put-away pitch. He doesn't have the ability to just go right down the middle and challenge somebody, and that's his favorite thing to do. So there has to be some sort of mentality change, some sort of mental, here's how I'm attacking hitters, uh, just a, a different approach, and I think that we'll be just fine. I don't know if that comes this year. I'm a little worried that it doesn't because that's a huge uh, factor going down the stretch here, but I'm not confident with the stuff that he has right now to be able to keep trotting himself out there every five days with this exact approach and this this exact stuff. Something has to change, Johnny, Steve. I don't know what you guys think, but I think that's kind of where I'm at. Right, and we did, we've we done some breakdowns here when we were talking about, you know, X-Factors on the pitching side, Lance Lynn being one of those uh, from our All-Star Break spe- special, and then we talked about him uh, after that bounce-back start, too, and what he did right in, in that one. So I think you guys provided a good breakdown uh, of that, but I will add in another factor that was not mentioned yet, and this is no excuse uh, for him. Obviously, you've got to be able to just get the job done. However, it's not about who you play. It's about when you play him, and guess what? The Oakland A's were actually hot coming into this one. They had three-game sweep of the Astros, yes, they and they out-homered the Sox this weekend. Um, and they think they did it almost alone uh, by Friday nights, uh, you know, kind of uh, when that thing started to get out of hand there. Um, and, you know, it, it was just a stretch where, the, yes, they're a bad team overall, and the White Sox luckily were able to right the ship through that. However, they were still riding the high uh, of that hot and uh, the hot stretch that they had um, prior to coming to Chicago. So um, I will we'll just offer that up as well. Lance is going to get a chance against the Kansas City Royals, a team that will likely sell off even more um, before uh, he throws on Wednesday afternoon. So I'm um, sure we'll be back at it, talking about if he makes adjustments or not and uh, you know what the results are of that. So uh, other thing from Friday night, the, the other kind of negative here that we got to talk about is Tim Anderson. And like you had alluded to earlier in the show, Steve, um, Probably suspension incoming. I know he was handed one, I believe three games, uh, is appealing it so he can play during that appeal process. Um, was pretty obvious, though. He did make contact with the umpire. I don't think you're going to screw around with that. I think the suspension is going to hold. Um, so you're going to have to do without Tim Anderson uh, for a stretch coming up and not due to injury or just sitting out. Um, it's because he'll be suspended. So that's kind of a series worth there, guys. Uh, thoughts on the incident itself and uh, the incurring punishment for it. It's annoying um, just realizing that he missed, you know, six weeks earlier due to injury. And now uh, when this team is in a position here as they're dangerously close um, to the top of this division to now potentially take their leadoff hitter out of the lineup for three consecutive days, which I think you're right, Jenny. I have a hard time believing that the suspension is going to get reduced. So I think it probably will be a full three games. So at what point, um, you know, that appeal is heard and, and the suspension begins will obviously be a factor there. And that's going to shorten the lineup for those three days when he's not in there. Not granted um, he's not been the same guy since he came back from the groin injury back in June. Um, The power really hasn't been there for him since coming back. So it's going to be a challenge, obviously, for this team in his absence. We've seen for how many years now, um, they just have a different life about them when he is in the lineup, even if he's not performing to the caliber that we have seen from him at various points here. my frustration with the whole thing, though, really just comes down to if he had better at bats and if he wasn't chasing. And I, because I went back and I watched the sequence kind of that led up to it and everything. It's just he's putting himself in bad positions in the at bats by 
swinging at terrible pitches. And so when you're doing that on a pretty regular basis and then you're taking something borderline, um, in some ways you almost don't have anyone to blame but yourself for that. If you can go up there and if you can have a little bit of a better offensive approach, you're, you're not going to put yourself in that position there. And he's got to know that when you get face-to-face with an umpire like that, you have to have a level of restraint um, because the fact of the matter is – any player is just not going to get leeway at this point. We've seen ump shows all across the league all season. They're becoming far too prevalent. The umpires are not being held accountable for their actions on the field and how they are interacting with players. And guys have to know that. You know, not the first time we've seen Tim Anderson be handed a suspension for contacting or coming in contact with an umpire. I think this one was a little bit more egregious uh, just on the surface. He was right up in his grill. Let's be honest. He yeah, was, he was, he was right up in his grill. Uh, you know, guys, I thought the White Sox played some of, you know, their, I, would, I don't want to say their best baseball, but decent baseball without Tim Anderson in the lineup earlier this year, you saw AJ Pollock kind of step up into his own uh, without TA there in the leadoff spot while he was dealing with injury. Uh, and granted, a lot of this goes back to Danny Mendick just playing out of his mind over a certain stretch of the season. You wonder who's going to step up and, and you know, kind of help them through that three-game suspension. But, you know, uh, drop the appeal and, and take it against Kansas City. I don't know what, what you got to do here. Uh, but, you know, the Sox had there to win, win a couple of games. But yeah, uh, go there, ahead, is te- there is Texas coming up too. So yeah, there is Texas coming up too. Uh, just, uh, I mean, the, the sooner you get this over with kind of the better, in my opinion, that said, I mean, the suspensions handed out around the league are a little egregious right now. And I don't mean to drop this off, but didn't Timmy get one game for flipping off fans? Where's David Ross's suspension for flipping the double bird? Cause that should be at least two games. I haven't seen that come down. Right. If you that's all over. So right? yeah. yeah, it sets the precedent, but yet you've got, you know, Barstool starting nine, uh, tweeting this photo out. You've got our guys over on Cubs on tap tweeting this out. Every Cubs person's tweeting out all these David Ross double bird uh, photos all over the place. I haven't seen the league come down on that. And then you get a guy who's being passionate on the field the same way. Where I know you can't touch the umpire. You can't get in his grill the same way that Tim Anderson did. But I just want a little bit of fairness here. I just want some sort of like recognition that David Ross gets to just go walk on water and Timmy gets upset about a call and, and, and talks about it and you get three games. I don't know if three games is appropriate on this one. I would say one or two, but if, you know, if he flips the bird once and gets a game and now he's getting three games, I get the repeat offender type stuff, but you know, let's go back to the Josh Donaldson suspension. So I don't know. I, I just feel like this white Sox team gets snake bitten by a lot of this bullshit and I think it's kind of fucking ridiculous, if I'm going to be honest. So that's what yeah. I have to say about all of it. Yeah, right. You, you just like some consistency. Like you can go with anything when it comes to officiating, right? When you're talking about uh, frequency of like penalties in hockey or football or whatever it may be. Or if you're talking about, you know, uh, discipline, if it's going to be, you know, uh, one case for one guy and then a different. I know each one is kind of subjective there, but like I said, a precedent. You know, we kind of want uh, that to be followed there. Um, on the incident itself. Is um, the MLB I, okay with David Ross showing yeah, apparently, young kids I mean, that you get to by just their, flip the double bird? Because I want Larusa just yeah, walking around the, permanently with the double bird up. Yeah, right. Yeah. See what happens there. <laughs> Guarantee uh, you. Uh, I'm He's the, suspended and White Sox fans on Twitter would be like, thank God <laughs> if that happened. All right. Uh, on the incident itself, um, you know, I think it was a little bit um, the, the pitch shirt. Uh, maybe you have a problem with the location. I don't think it was egregious enough to explode like that. However, uh, we were talking about game situation at the time. You know, uh, it was kind of like a f- uneasy feeling throughout the ballpark um, at that moment. And the guys on the field were feeling it, too. And you could tell. Um, so that was some raw emotion by Tim Anderson uh, being let out and what he thought was being slighted. So um, I'd have to go back and watch some of his other previous at bat see if he got hosed because i feel like that's kind of like a build-up thing where he's saying oh you've been you know hosing me and my guys all night yada 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 something like that 
that's what I um, kind of take away from it. So we'll see what happens with the suspension news. Uh, tune in on tapsportsnet.com uh, as soon as that uh, gets upheld or uh, reduced or whatever the case may be. Um, all right, guys, moving on here in Sunday Funday with Socks on Tap. Trade deadline's coming up. We are less than 48 hours away. Uh, it'll be Tuesday, um, August 2nd at 5 p.m. Central Time. So Last week, we identified a few targets. Uh, no moves have been made here on the White Sox front yet. Well, what do you think is going to uh, transpire over the next two days here? It's going to be going to be interesting. Um, I know there was a tweet, I think, from Ken Rosenthal or Jeff Pass, and one of the big heavy hitters um, over the weekend here saying that he's been hearing from executives that believe that this is going to be the craziest deadline in recent memory. Now, we have heard things like that several times over the last couple of years and they haven't always materialized. But I think given the fact that now you do have the additional playoff spot in each league, that certainly should help to drive a little bit more activity amongst teams that view themselves as viable playoff contenders. And it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with the three teams here in the central. Uh, the twins have lost today. So the Sox are now two games back. You have three teams separated by two games. Um, our good old buddy, Steven Stone was commenting earlier in the week on twatter.com that really, this is the time when the GMs are going to decide who wins this division. And it's going to be who ultimately can make the savvy moves. I don't necessarily think any, any of these teams are going to make significant impactful moves. Um, the likes of a Luis Castillo, what we saw with the Mariners do over the weekend here, but if you can just be savvy, do what the Atlanta Braves did a year ago, kind of reshaping some of the roster, whichever one of these three teams does it is ultimately going to put them in the best position to win this division here. And how fitting now that the Sunday Funday episode is titled your turn, Rick Hahn. That's what we need. Tony, what do you think? What's going on here? White Sox trade deadline. I think Steve summed that up perfectly. I don't think the White Sox are going to go off and, and do something extravagant but it's it's gonna be your same kind of deadline you saw last year for them go get the bullpen some help go get some some help on the field as well and you saw that last year with uh craig kimbrell and uh cesar hernandez i i think you're gonna see some additions in here you saw liam Hendricks talking about how he was talking with rick Hahn and uh the likes of him about you know uh clubhouse fits and all of that other stuff. It'll, it'll be really interesting to see how impactful these moves are. Um, one thing that we are used to as Chicago White Sox fans is guys coming here and just absolutely dying. Um, so you don't want to see that happen, but it, that's going to be in the back of our minds over the next few days is who's coming here and, and can they continue whatever sort of success or find success once they get themselves into a White Sox uniform? Uh you know, there's there's been a bunch of names that are uh, being thrown out right now uh, around the league. Uh, I, I don't know who the White Sox end up with. I really have zero predictions or clues into what they're going to do to shore this up. Because, as Steve said, you've got a couple extra playoff spots here. I think the pool of sellers is a little bit lower than what it normally is this year with some of this this bunched upness that you've seen. I mean, you look at the AL Central, if Cleveland didn't have as good of a year, uh, you know, are they gonna sell? Are they gonna go for it? Like that that's right. that's we, a, that's we a plucked club a piece right from there. them last year, right? Mm -hmm. So there's there's not as much available to you, and that's gonna drive the price uh, of some of these guys up. I think my main concern is what do you have in the farm system that you can sell that's not going to burn you a couple of years down the road? It makes me very nervous uh, that you're going to wind up with another one of those uh, James Shields trades. Honestly, boys, I'm, I'm kind of nervous about that because you go, you look at the, the, the grand scheme of things, the big picture here. You're going to have to compete against the Yankees, the Astros. I know it's baseball. Anything can happen. But I don't, I don't see anything on the table that goes and puts your your ball club on paper the same as any of those teams. I'm I'm significantly worried about an overpay for a one year rental or a just down the stretch rental uh, that this team goes and makes. Uh, that said, 
the team needs to improve just to win this division. So, I mean, I would not want to be Rick Hahn over the next four or five days. I just absolutely would not. And then we'll see what happens a year from now. But, hey, you have to get into the playoffs to have a chance. I know the White Sox are going to want to do that. I know all the fans want them to do that. We're going to have to judge this trade, these trades, this trade, whatever it is that they do, or no trades. Uh, we're going to have to judge that not only right now, but we're also going to be judging that over the offseason and, and wherever that takes us down the next four or five years for whoever we have to give up to acquire what we do. This is going to be very impactful, not only for this season, but for the White Sox in seasons to come. The cupboard is not stocked. I, I don't know if I've ever been this nervous heading into a trade deadline, boys. Yeah, I think uh, what you just said there, I would not want to be Rick Hahn over the next 48 hours. That statement, I think, rings true. Because uh, as much as we want to sit here and play armchair GM, uh, that's what we do, um, it's tough decisions to make. And like you said, uh, for all I would be facts, sitting on the couch right. with a refrig- uh, one yeah. of those recliners <laughs> with a refrigerator next to it. The yep. George Costanza special. Yep. Yeah, I'd be. I'd have it fully stocked with Budweiser, and I'd just be sitting there and waiting for the phone to ring and see what happens. Yeah. Um, okay, l- let's talk a few specific names because obviously rumors fly all over the place, but there are some reports that have the White Sox linked to a couple players, one of them being Jose Quintana, which Stephen may or may not have written an article about before uh, that news surfaced. Um, and then also Michael Givens was uh, thrown out as a potential fit uh, reliever for the Cubs there. So uh, thoughts on these guys is kind of the only real concrete uh, target that we have here. We know David Peralta is already off the board. Uh, some of the big ones we knew we were going to get Castillo there either, but th- this is what we know is what we have to work with right now Quintana Givens any uh thoughts either way on those guys I mean neither one of them are particularly sexy moves but however they would be functional pieces for this team and they would fill some specific needs I know that there is a large segment of the fan base that is bitching and moaning about the prospect of Jose Quintana uh coming back to the corner of 35th and Shields but at the end of the day Tony was you need talking about the lefty. You, Rick you, Hunt said it specifically. Yeah, you need yeah. a southpaw. You do. You need that. And the fact of the matter is, they're not going to trade Colson Montgomery. And their ability to get something impactful just isn't there right now. So you ha- have to kind of take what you can get at this juncture and hope that when they get here, that they don't do what so many recent White Sox trade acquisitions have done and just completely crater. So those are two guys that I think make sense, that they are reasonable fits. They're not sexy, but they would be functional upgrades. I'm not really high on either of those guys. In fact, those are very underwhelming. And the the fact that I talked about having to overpay is, is right there. Um, what is what does either of those guys cost you is my biggest question because the Sox have a couple of high-end names just a couple there's not there's not a lot you're talking Oscar Colas you're talking Colson Montgomery you're talking about some of those guys I'm not giving that up for Givens I'm not giving that up for Jose Quintana I'm worried if that's the type of trade deadline that we're setting ourselves up for. And I'm not trying to hoard prospects here either. I'm just saying I I would rather go out for a big fish there, but that's going to include somebody that's on your major league roster right now in order to go get a big fish. And I know not a lot of people are, are very high on selling off Andrew Vaughn right now. I know a lot of people aren't high on selling off Jake Berger right now. I know a lot of guys aren't high on, on, on selling off a Michael Kopech right now to go make the impactful move. But let's, let's go look at that triple a roster right now, guys, there isn't somebody that's pushing the envelope, trying to buy for starting position time at the major league level. And that's what got, like, that's what teams like San Diego have who are going to go out there and, and hit the top of the market and, and kind of set whatever the, the market value price is. I'm, I'm extremely concerned that the, the at the fact that the White Sox haven't tried to make a move yet because as soon as these dominoes start to fall, the prices on some of these guys are going to get a little bit higher. And that's my biggest fear here. Yes, these guys can be functional uh, major leaguers for the White Sox down the stretch, but both of those names feel like I'm coming to the White Sox to crater. 
that's my first initial reaction is Jose Quintana, Michael Givens. I, like I'm just I'm just waiting for them to enter a ball game in the sixth or seventh inning and give up two home runs and it be absolutely impactful for this team and us to sit here drinking misery beers, getting pissed off that those were our trade deadline acquisitions. In fact, you go back last year, I was okay with the price that you gave up for Craig Kimbrell. You don't have that name available to you right now or that pedigree available to you right now. And you look what happened there. That wasn't a pleasant experience. I want more. I want more. Just right. plain and fucking simple. I want yeah. more. It, it, understandable. All, all uh, you know, valid points uh, from both of you guys there. Um, I will say that I am. I'll go ahead. I'll go out and say it. I'll go ahead and say it. I am uh, a fan of bringing back Jose Quintana. Um, for all the reasons Steve listed uh, in his post over at ontapsportsnet.com. Um, I think that's a good way to help preserve Michael Kopech. Uh, he has turned it around. I know last year was terrible when he was with the Angels, then I believe he was DFA'd or whatever, something happened, he had an injury, and then went to the Giants. Um, he's figured it out in Pittsburgh there. Um, it's not, you know, sexy. It's not like Jose Quintana when he was on the White Sox and, you know, uh, trading him at the peak of his value there in 2017. I don't think However, I've ever been to a White Sox game, Johnny, where Jose Quintana was on the mound and the White Sox won. Don't yeah, think that's I mean, ever happened in the it, history. He, he never, he never got run. Su- he never got run support. However, he could be in a hybrid role too. You have some versatility with him. You could put him in the bullpen. Have him come out of there as a lefty. Obviously, right now it's only Tanner Banks. We're not getting Aaron Bummer back until September at best, right? Um, and then I really like Steve's plan for possibly, you know, combining this for a start with Michael Kopech or just straight up taking uh, his day if you want Michael Kopech to have the proper bullets in the tank. Come late September, early October, which hopefully you're playing in there. So I wouldn't mind that. Um, other than that, um, I don't know too much about Givens. Obviously, another left you could target there, Andrew Chafin. That's been a name uh, thrown out there. Um, haven't seen him be shipped yet from Detroit. So be interesting to see. Uh, stay tuned on tapsportsnet.com and here at Sox on Tap. We'll try to get a little trade deadline special in uh, after the moves take place. So, um, guys, I think that wraps up trade deadline talk. Let's look ahead. Royals coming to town here. Um, we'll probably be looking like a triple A team by the end of the series there with the trade deadline being Tuesday. Um, this is absolutely imperative. White Sox continue the bump sling tour here. Go out there and take care of business. Um, you know, Bobby Witt Jr. went on the IL earlier on in the week uh, with a with a hamstring issue, so they're not going to see him. Um, I don't believe this upcoming series. And listen, that's that's the cornerstone of this Kansas City Royals team and what they are believing in their future. Um, obviously, we caught a little glimpse of MJ Melendez back in. May when I was out in barbecue city for that five game series. And he's a guy that he has infused some power into that lineup. Um, You know, they moved on from Carlos Santana, uh, sending him back out, out to Seattle. So, I mean, this team really is in full scale rebuild mode at this point. Uh, Brad Keller going to be taking the mound tomorrow. Old friend, got a lot of history um, at the corner of 35th and shields there. So it will be a fascinating series to watch. But you got to kick somebody when they're down right now. And this Royals team, um, let's just say it, they're not good. They're 40 and 62. Go out there and take care of business and beat a bad baseball team and do it convincingly. Don't dick around with this. Don't let them hang around the way that the Sox did with the A's in the game yesterday. Hashtag set the tone tomorrow. Right away, right out of the shoot, Michael Kopech, attack the zone, go after these guys, win a baseball game convincingly, and win a series. And hell, get a fucking sweep. Yeah, let's get the brooms out. Um, one minor note there: Bobby Witt Jr. did return, but was only DHing. Um, so the, just note on your uh, analysis there, Steve. Um, and then I am sick of losing first games of series. So hashtag set the tone, like you said, Tony. Thoughts on this upcoming series? Hey, go get the job done, just like both of you guys have said. Uh, this it, it sounds so simple. Do what you did today. Hit the ball out of the fucking ballpark. Michael Kopech, go give us five, six innings of one to two run baseball. I think we'll be in business. Um, it, it, it's going to be very imperative that you take two out of three here. 
you're two games back. You have to keep winning series. I know Steve got a little greedy and said, hey, go sweep this. Win the first two, and then we can talk about a sweep. Win the first two, and then we can talk about a sweep. I hate playing from behind. I feel like this team tries to play from behind all the time, back against the wall, and they've been dancing around this 500 thing. Waiting for this team to go and start put some distance between themselves and that 500 stigma that they've had. And they've had it throughout the past couple of years. Just start to go bury that and give yourself some space. It starts with winning the first two of this series. You know, one of the other things, too, we lamented a little bit, Johnny, earlier on in the week about not needing to be scoreboard watching. The Sox needs to take care of business themselves and with what they are doing. They're not going to get any help here these yep. next three days. Twins got uh, the Tigers. The, yeah, the Twins The twins got the Tigers at home, and the Guardians got the Diamondbacks at home. So all three of these teams are going up against inferior opponents, so it will be imperative that the Sox not play down to their competition, which they have struggled so mightily with this season. Go out there, set the tone, and beat a bad baseball team. We're not scoreboard watching, but we're scoreboard watching. Right. Well, it's, it's it's about, you know, you're not getting that help like they, you know, uh, did uh, in some games, you know, uh, with the Rockies. They lost that last one in meltdown fashion. However, there were some losses around that, you know, you'd like to be able to capitalize on, but um, they weren't able to. So uh, I think that's a good point, Steve. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was actually looking up the twin schedule uh, during that time. So we can do the scoreboard watching. The Sox can't do the scoreboard watching, Tony. <laughs> Hey, as long as the White Sox are winning more ball games than they're losing ball games for the rest of this season, I think we'll be okay. The fact of the matter is, a lot of this is going to come down to not only the trade deadline acquisitions, but also the Sox taking care of business against teams that they should, regardless of who gets added to this team and this roster. Say there's no trade made over the next few days. You should still kick the shit out of the fucking Kansas City Royals. That's the point I'm trying to make. 100%. You absolutely should. It's, you know, winnable series. We've seen them suffer too much uh, against inferior opponents here. Like I said, I think set the tone for this one will be huge because I'm sick, sick, sick of losing first games of series. Does it it's so make annoying. you sick? Does it, it make does. you it's Make me fucking sick, Tony. It's just so annoying, especially when it's a team that you should beat. I agree. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Yep. All right, boys, uh, that'll about do it here on Sunday Funday with Socks on Tap. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to On Tap Sportsnet on YouTube uh, so you can join the conversation in the comments section there and we can feature them during the show. Visit ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs and give us a follow on social media at Socks on Tap at On Tap Sportsnet. Boys, going to be a wild next few days here. Hopefully, get some dubs. And other than that, till next time, White Sox forever. White Sox forever. White Sox for life.